You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Put that in your pipe and smoke it and see what you come up with. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. I am your host, Jamie Arrington. We are here at the 4th Street Bar on 4th Street, the old end zone location. Here with me, back, we're back here together in the same place at the same time, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations, how are you? Terrific, man. How was your Vegas trip? Vegas was was uh, was great. That, that last night where I got an hour and a half of sleep and then I had to be on the bus to go to the airport at uh, 5.30 in the morning. Mix in a three-hour layover in Houston. That was a that night was sketchy at best. I bet it was. Well, hey, happy Valentine's Day, happy Ash Wednesday. Oh, Valentine's Day! All that good stuff. This is coming out on Valentine's Day, which I guess is technically tomorrow. Yeah. So I hope you got all your shopping done. I guess I guess we're gonna have to do something on the way home. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's that's absolutely. True. You know, the, the great thing is that Katie really doesn't uh, she didn't care that much about Valentine's Day. I think it's one of the reasons that I married her. All right, Katie, if you're listening, <laughs> the the views expressed on this program, uh, on one of the mics, are strictly those of your husband. That might be the fourth street Not beer talking. That may be the fourth street beer talking. So we're having a great time out here tonight. Uh, it looks like some Southern Miss fans just came in for the softball games. Big week ahead for Southern Miss athletics. Uh, you know, basketball has a huge homestand against Middle Tennessee State and UAB. Baseball season kicks off at the Pete against Mississippi Starkville. And then softball is hosting the Black and Gold Invitational with Alabama, Baylor, McNeese, and Mississippi Valley all coming to Hattiesburg. So if you're in around the Hattiesburg area, you got plenty of opportunities to, to check out what these athletes at Southern Miss have going on. I think it's going to be a great weekend out here in Hattiesburg. I don't know what the weather's going to be like. I, I don't know from one day to the next, so check your apps out. But looks like it's going to be a lot of fun and uh, a great a great weekend to be on campus for Southern Miss fans. And how cool is it to have the, the Bammers and the Baylors come into town? Absolutely. You know, I, mean, I saw that. Actually, I heard somebody talking about it, and I was like, Baylor? Baylor's coming here? Yeah. That's weird. And then, uh, you know, throw in Alabama. and Well, you couldn't ask really for a better location for it. I mean, right here next to the 4th Street Bar and, um, you know, um, I plan on making a couple of them for sure. Before we get to the guests this week, got a couple of announcements. And part of the reason we're up here at the Forest Street Bar, they got a big meeting coming up this Saturday. That's February the 17th, 2018 at 10 a.m. It's the Pine Belt Eagle Club informational meeting. Uh, a couple of fans are getting together. They're starting a Pine Belt Eagle Club. So if you're a USM fan living in the Pine Belt area, which is the following counties, Clark, Covington, Forest, Green, Jasper, Jefferson Davis, Jones, Lamar, Marion, Pearl River, Perry, Simpson, Smith, Stone, Walthall, and Wayne, and you want to be out a part of the Pine Belt Eagle Club, come on out this Saturday morning. Forest Street Bar, that's the old end zone location next to Poboy Express at 10 a.m. Uh, RSVP, contact Amy Clark at 601-818-9754. That felt like I was reading off a tornado warning or something or a tornado <laughs> watch with all those counties. Um, also... We've talked about this the past few weeks. Next Thursday, February the 22nd, 2018, from 5.30 to 7, they've got the re-grand opening party at the Residence Inn by Marriott in Hattiesburg. They renovated all 84 rooms in the place. It's going to be in conjunction with ADP Business After Hours. They're going to have tours of the property, live music, 
and food provided by Glory Bound Euro Company. So really, it's going to be an amazing time. You guys come out for that and support those that support Southern Miss. All right, let's get right into it. My guest today, one of the most decorated football players in Southern Miss history. He just finished this season as one of the only 10 running backs in Southern in NCAA history to rush for over 4,000 yards and have over 1,000 yards receiving. I'm talking about none other than Edo Smith. All right, my guest today is former Southern Miss running back Edo Smith. Just coming off a big weekend at the Senior Bowl. What was it like playing in your hometown in Mobile, Alabama? Man, it was fun. You know, um, I got to um, go home and spend a, a teeny bit of time with my family. Um, it, my schedule was swamped, man. Um, busy, but you know, dream come true. Um, I dreamed of playing that game since I was a kid. Went to it every year. Um, went to meet the players and stuff. You know, just just being in the game, man, it was a blessing, man. Um, I got better last week. You know, going out there every day, being coached by the um, by the Texans coaches. Um, just going out every day, compete, trying to get better, just learning from them. And you certainly held your own. I mean, you read the practice reports. I mean, you were a name that was in just about all of them. Yeah, man. You know, like I said, um, I was going out, going out there every day, just leaving it all out, leaving it all out, out on the line, just giving it everything I had. Um, just going out there with this chip on my shoulder that I've always had. And you got the two-point conversion. I can't remember the last time a Southern Miss football player scored in the Senior Bowl. It may have been Tony Smith back in the day, if it, if my memory serves me correctly. But you got the in the end zone on that two-point conversion. Basically just ran it right up the gut. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, the offensive line, they, they had a um, pretty nice size hole for me. I just got it. I seen the open crease. I just hit it. Um, we got the two points, I think. It was a rule that you had to go for two points in on the second and the third quarter, I believe. So, yeah, we, we went for the two and we got it. Now let's talk about background a little bit. And I know you get – I know this is a crazy-ass question, but I know you get it all the time. I kind of know the backstory, but how did you get the nickname Edo? Well, I was born in 1995. Um, that was during the O.J. Simpson trial. And – um, my cousin, she was about four. She had been home to try out with her grandma. And she comes, she, she comes to the hospital and she's like, hey, that baby looks like ju- that judge off TV, Judge Edo. <laughs> so that's how I got the name. And that's been my name ever since. Good Everybody stuff. calls me Edo. Yeah. You played your high school ball at uh, McGill Tulin in, uh, in Mobile, Alabama, you you had a great career. Mobile Press Register, Coastal Alabama Offensive Player of the Year in 2013, first team All-State, All-Area, All-Region. Tell us a little bit about your time in high school. Actually, in my 19th grade year, I went to Mary Montgomery. It's, it's a school in the Sims area. I transferred to um, McGill my, my 11th grade year, and I played there my last two years. Um, You know, just a lot of hard work, man. I've been um always the odds against me. My size and stuff I always been counted out. I always just worked hard, man. Well how did you end up coming to Southern Miss? I had um I had offers in the beginning and early in the recruiting process, but you know, I just waited around. I, I I wasn't really focused on it. I was worried about um my season, you know, so my with my teammates 
and I kind of waited. I waited to the last, the last three weeks or so, um, to make a decision. And um, my coach he called up to Southern Miss because nobody had been. I have I hadn't heard from anybody else at the um I guess spots had filled up, so I had waited too late. So my coach called up to Southern Miss, called Coach Munkin, and um told him about me. Coach Munkin watched my film. Coach John Carr, he came and came and saw me, came down the mobile and saw me. And then about a week later, I got off. So I hopped right on it. I had always heard about Southern Miss when I'm growing up. A lot of people go to Southern Miss from Mobile, so I I knew about it. And um, I just remember like um, I knew Britt Favre went there, so I knew that anybody could could make it out. It was what you once you got there, which what you um how hard you work. So that was my goal, just to get there and just work hard. And just um, achieve all my goals. What was it like playing for Todd Munkin? It was um, it was it was, it was fun. You know, he he's a very detailed guy. Uh, funny funny dude, great great dude though. Um, crack a lot of funny jokes. Um, yeah, just a very detailed guy. If he says break at five, you need to break at five. You know, very detailed guy. You you come in your freshman year and you kind of came into a situation where Southern Miss had kind of been down for a couple of years, kind of went through a slump that that was unprecedented. But you guys came in, you you saw the field your freshman year, had a great season, doing all purpose things, and then your sophomore year is kind of when you you broke the curse so to speak, and and Southern Miss was kind of back as as it relates to college football. What was it like that first year playing for the Golden Eagles? Man, it was um. It was rough, but you know, I that hadn't been the first time I had a losing season before. I had um, like I said, my my um ninth and tenth grade year, I was at a at a team we didn't do so well, so that wasn't my first time. But you know, um, I knew that that wasn't the way I wanted things to be. So all the guys, we just my sophomore season, we just bought in, man. Um, Coach Wolf, and he played a big part in that. Um, just changing the culture, everybody buying in. To what the coaches were telling us to do, um, the train was moving in one direction. We um, we got that thing turned around, man. And that sophomore year, you were one of two running backs to top a thousand yards. What was it like sharing the backfield with Jalen Richard? Man, it was fun, man. You know, um, we were chasing chasing the goal of the conference championship. So, um, one of us would get tired. Um, the next, the next guy would come in and we wouldn't miss a beat. Wouldn't lose a step. So that was great knowing just you could, you could, um, come out and get a break or he could come out and I could not, and I, I go in and we wouldn't miss a beat. So that was, um, very important, man. Have you talked to him any recently about the process you're about to go through? Oh yeah. I talk to Jason all the time. We don't, we don't really talk about it a lot, but we just talk, we, we talk senior bowl week on. He's asking me how I was doing and stuff. Um, we, we when we talk, we usually we talk about football. So it's usually just man, I'm just talking, just I'm um, just catching up and stuff. You also had, uh, well, you know, statistically one of the best quarterbacks to ever suit up at the university, and Nick Mullins. What'd you learn from playing with Nick Mullins? Man, Nick, man, he's one of the hardest workers I know. Man, um, a great leader. Um, Nick, man, he he would go out there all the time. Hey, let's go catch balls. Let's go catch balls on. Um, him, Mike Thomas, Casey, I would see them. My younger days, I really didn't know know what hard work was, but I would I would see them out there catching balls, countless 
um, countless, time, countless times just doing it over and over again, day after day. They kind of like taught me, taught me the ropes, man. Just, you know. At the end of that sophomore season, you know, we, you ended the streak of not going to a bowl. You play in the heart, heart of Dallas Bowl where you get two touchdowns. What was the experience like in your first bowl game? It was fun. Um, we went out there. We tried to, try to get that win. Uh, we came short, but we played a quality opponent. And, um, yeah, just, um, just going out there one last time with my teammates, all the seniors and stuff. Jalen, he didn't get to play. Um, it's a, just a great opportunity, you know. We, we played on the big stage. Then between your sophomore and junior year, Coach Munkin leaves for Tampa Bay and you have to transition into Coach Hobson. What was that transition like and what was it like playing for Coach Hobson? Um, the transition is just a part of the business, you know. Um, Coach Munkin, he just, he, he, he has his own personal goals, you know. Um, I guess he felt like it was it was time for him because I'm sure if um I'm sure he wanted to be a NFL head coach so um being a coordinator that was a a good start to achieving that goal for him and um Coach Hop he's um a great guy man uh, very very spiritual dude he's running the place the right way uh, very hard nosed guy he he brings back that. That um that Southern Miss swagger where you you know you're gonna work hard. That's all you know, it's hard work. So you move on to that junior year and your first game right out of the gate against the Kentucky Wildcats and, and you really had I mean you'd had some some great games before that, but that was kind of a really a breakout game for you. Thirty six carries, hundred and seventy three yards against the Wildcats. What what did that game mean to you? Oh, it meant a lot, man. You, we hadn't beat a we hadn't beat a SEC team in a while, I believe. I don't know how many years it was, maybe 15 or something like that. But, you know, just getting that W on the road, man, it was big for the, for the university. You know, Nick had some injuries that year, and, it, you know, we still ended up with the winning season returning to the New Orleans Bowl. And when you think about New Orleans Bowl, I think about some of these viral videos of you going around lately. And there's one run, and I think it actually was called back from a – errant hold or whatever where you just kind of manned your way all the way down into the end zone man i don't even remember that play yes it was god man i don't even i promise i don't remember it um but you played like that all the time anyways so yeah i just remember i just remember being in the end zone man i couldn't i can tell you what happened if i have to watch it tell you what happened i don't even remember man Well, you come back from your senior year you know you lose you lose nick and you kind of become the focal point of the offense after this senior year, you have just you put up some ridiculous numbers for your career. Tenth player in NCAA history with four thousand career rushing yards and a thousand receiving yards. The tenth player in in NCAA history. How crazy is that, man? What does that mean to you? Man, it's just a blessing, man. You know, I'm um I'm very blessed, man. Against all odds, all the time, you know, they knocked me for my size and stuff, but I work hard, man. That's 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 what I really think it is, just. God and hard work, man. I always worked as hard as I could. And you look at your total yards on your career, 960 touches, rushing and receiving, 5,984 yards and 49 TDs. That's a lot of usage on the football field. Yeah, man, it is. Well, you can speak a little bit on this. You're moving on now to the NFL. 
What can you tell us about Southern Miss football this upcoming season? They um they losing a lot of guys, but I got faith in them. I know I know they're gonna um I know they'll have a winning season. I can't wait to see those guys out there on um, my old teammates, man. I'm excited. What did wearing the black and gold mean to you? Man, it meant everything to me. You know, um, it's a brotherhood, man. Just going out there every day, just leaving it all out on the line for my brothers. Everybody going in, going in one direction, giving everything they had. After you finished up your senior year, you signed with uh, a former teammate of yours, Casey Martin of Armed Sports. What weighed in, in that decision? Um, Just like I had said, we, we had a bun, you know. I just remember how he, how hard he worked at Southern Miss. He um like I said he would be out there catching routes all the time. So I really I really figured like I know he's gonna work hard for me. It really doesn't matter who your agent is. So it wasn't it wasn't really a tough decision for me. It was a no brainer really. Well, let's talk a little bit about the NFL. How are you preparing uh for the potential of playing in the NFL? Just just what I'm trying to get my forty right. Been working out every day, twice a day, doing a lot of footwork stuff, a lot of running back drills, a lot of catching, route, route work. So, just um trying to get better at everything, man. What do you What do you think you do best? What has really gotten the attention of the scouts? Um, they like how, how I catch out the backfield. Um, my patience. Um, just my my feel for the run game. What What part of your game have you been working on to improve? My route running. I want to be able to get in the slot and be able to run routes like a wide receiver. So, yeah, just trying to christen my routes up and get better on my routes. Get your workouts coming up. You get your pro day March 29th. What are you hoping to to show the scouts at that pro day? Um, How fast I am. Now, we talked this past summer. This is your third time on To The Top Talk, by the way, which I think for former players that ties Nick. So uh I don't mm-hmm. you don't get like an award or anything, but still pretty cool. Uh yeah. We talked this summer and I remember you I was I asked you if you had any players you modeled your game after and you, you said Reggie Bush and it, it totally makes sense given the number twenty five and all. Tell us a little bit about your respect for Reggie Bush. Um, I just remember as a kid staying up late to catch those on um, East Coast games, man, those those on um, Pac twelve games. And I just remember him Making guys miss a lot, and I—that's—that's I, that's, um a thing that I try to bring with my game. Just making the first guy miss, and if I have to make the second guy miss, you know. Did you have any favorite NFL teams growing up? Um, I grew up a Cowboys fan. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, what does Edo Smith bring to an NFL franchise? Um, hard work, man. Just somebody who can go out there every day and just work hard, give it everything they got, man. Well, one one situation that could arise, I don't know if it will or won't, but what would it be like playing for Todd Munkin at Tampa Bay? Man, that would be fun, man. You know, we, we we both got a feel for each other already, so we um we wouldn't have to get to know each other. We already know each other and um, know how each other operate, know what he knows, what type of guy I am. I'm a hard worker. I'm going to give it everything I got. Um, And I just know. He's a very detailed guy, so I need to be on my my P's and Q's. What well, Ito, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. It's man, it's really been a treat watching you play these past few years. And I mean, you're a guy that everybody respects. I mean, anytime I'd talk to the competition, they would always talk about how much they respected you and the way you play the game. Do you have any final words for the Southern Miss fans out there? 
चर्चा That was former Southern Miss running back Edo Smith getting ready to try his luck in the National Football League. Really looking forward to seeing what Edo brings to the table. Jason, how do you replace a guy like Edo Smith? Um, I don't know. You know, I think we're going to have to hope and pray. Earl Johnson, everybody. My good friend Earl, former Southern Miss pitcher, just walked up. Okay, there you go. Um, well, you know, it's, I mean, how did we replace Austin Davis? You know, and then how do we, you know, it's, it's next man up is what it is. And um, and you got to have guys uh, coaching that offensive line up, which we have and Coach Losey. Uh, and you um, you got to hope that guys like Darius Mayberry come back from injury. Um, we're in capable hands. Don't forget about, you know, um, George Payne. Yeah. George Payne hadn't seen. A couple years ago, I remember talking on the show, we thought he might have been the best running back on the team. And that included a backfield with Jalen Richard and Edo Smith in it. So, you know, don't forget about that guy. And um, and of course, Tez Parks is um, is electric as well. So, how do you replace him? I don't, I'm not sure if it's possible to replace him. But can we replace him with a with a a backfield full of guys? Uh, I think we can get close. And you know, I was kind of surprised. And you know, I recorded this the week of the Senior Bowl. I talked to Edo a couple of days after the Senior Bowl when we did that interview. And he was like, you're the first person I'm telling. He's like, I, I, I didn't get invited to the combine. And I didn't want to kind of – I don't want to steal anybody's thunder on any of that kind of stuff. So I didn't say anything about it. But he was really cool, calm, and collected about the whole situation. I was surprised that he didn't get a combine invite. I figure he was pretty much a lock. But he felt like he had a good enough week at the Senior Bowl. He got enough attention that he thinks he can make some waves in the NFL. That's what I was about to ask you. If, if you could only pick one of the two, like if somebody said, "Hey, Jamie, we're gonna let you go to either the combine or the Senior Bowl," I think you pick the Senior Bowl. Absolutely, uh, especially with him being from Mobile. From Mobile, and all that. yeah. Uh, I mean, at the, at, at the combine, you might just get like your not even your 15 minutes of fame. You might get like your three seconds of brush by fame with whatever coach happened to be like paying attention at the time. So, no, I mean. Um, from the videos that we saw with Bill O'Brien um, talking about Ito and then just watching him in the game, watching him watching him make those cuts that we've seen for four years, watching that explosion, um, that got to be in front of all kind of eyes for a solid week. And that, you know, it's kind of ridiculous I'm not going to the combine, but like I said, if i got to pick one of the two, I'm picking the senior ball. Well, I certainly wish him the best. And one thing I've noticed about Southern Miss athletes the past few years, especially since Zach Woodfin came in, is they perform – uh, exceptionally better in these drills, uh, whether it's pro day, whether it's workouts. Hmm. You know, they they perform a lot better than you really expect them to. Yeah, it's a very good so, point. So, uh, you know, sky's the limit for not only Corey and Ito, but all the guys going out. We got a who lot was, of guys. Uh, who was that that jumped through the ceiling? Kalen uh, Reed. Yeah, Kalen, Kalen Reed. Reed is like raining outside or something. He, so you try to do the, the vertical in force. He, he would have been. <laughs> I think he would have tied for first place at the at the combine. Right. Just ridiculous ups on his. Yeah, that's a very and he's, good point. he's a ridiculous athlete. So we are here right now at the Fourth Street Bar. I don't know what I don't know how to tell you how to get there. I don't know the directions to the Fourth Street Bar. Obviously, it's the old end zone. Yeah, it's not. It's not like it's on Fourth Street or anything. Um, I can see the weird. rock from right it's, here. It's weird being a comic and not getting feedback when you tell a joke. Sometimes. <laughs> um, so. Did I miss a joke? Oh yeah, you oh. must. Yeah. Apparently, a lot of people have lately. All right, let's move on. All right, so we got a, uh, like I mentioned earlier, big baseball weekend opening up against the team that we that knocked us out of the NCAA tournament at home last year, Mississippi Starkville. So the Bulldogs are coming to town. They've got a three-game series 
uh, the first game, Friday, February 16th at 4 p.m., of course, at the Pete. Then Saturday, the 17th at 1 p.m., and then Sunday, the 18th at 1 p.m. as well. Also on Tuesday, they will be at South Alabama for those in the Mobile area at 6.30 p.m. So, man, that's four games right off the bat. Absolutely. Unintended. Absolutely. But, I mean, I want to say South Alabama's ranked as well, right? We're starting off our – I mean, if not, they're pretty close. I think I, – I feel like they're up there. I don't I, I don't have my research on that. I feel like I feel like they're up there, but I'm not 100% on that. Yeah, and so – Well, and they're the ones that put us out at, in um, Tallahassee two years ago, right? All right, we just had somebody pop in here. Uh, Amy Clark. Yes, that's me. Amy um, – the Pine Belt Eagle Club. Yes. That's a really cool idea. It is. And um, we just wanted to get, you know, it's in the beginning stages, and we're just trying to get people, you know, in you know, in the community to be supportive of Southern Miss. And, you know, you don't have to be a season ticket holder or alumni, just somebody that wants to help promote Southern Miss. And so we're having a meeting with that um, Saturday at 10 o'clock at 4th, 4th Street Bar, the old end zone location. Yay. They got they've got Eagle Club sex in different areas. I know they have like a Jackson area, Metro area Eagle Club. They've got like a South Louisiana, like a New Orleans area. Yeah. So how important is it being here in Hattiesburg for us to get kind of rally the troops a little more than we're doing right now? Right, and that's and that's oh yeah, right, and that's that's our mindset too. You know, and it kind of worries me sometimes because I say we have a lot of older fans, but um, me personally, I'm 39, so and I know there's a lot more fans in our age group, and it's just kind of. We're just wanting to kind of bring, get people together, you know, just create a lot more excitement about Southern Miss. Since, I mean, this Hattiesburg is the home of Southern Miss. And and also, too, like you were saying, there's other regional um, places that have their groups. And, I mean, it just seems silly that Hattiesburg doesn't have one. You know? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's really, I mean, this is something that's needed to happen for a long time. Mm-hmm. Need to get this going. You know, for, for us to kind of move forward, we're going to have to find a way to get more revenue. Right. And, and create excitement. Create and excitement. It, and it's not just about winning games. And, you know, I was thinking back when I was in college in the early 2000s, I can remember, of course, when it was during Jeff Bauer time, but I can remember Hardy Street just being lined up with, like, black and gold. And it seems like we don't see as much of that. And I would like to see that more, you know, like I said, more of ex- an excitement around Southern Miss, you know. Well, you're doing the Lord's work, Amy. <laughs> Thanks for I'm thank, trying. Thanks. I'm a diehard Golden Eagle, sir. That's awesome. <laughs> thanks for thanks for stopping in and popping by. You guys come out this Saturday, 10 a.m. Hit Amy up if you guys are planning on coming out. If you're in any of the areas in the mock tornado watch I just read off, come out to the Pine Belt Eagle Club. Come help out. Let's let's get this thing going. I think it's a really awesome idea, and I think this is something that could get some legs and do some big things for the Golden Eagles. Thank you, Amy. Thanks. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. So we're talking baseball. Um, one of the things to talk about mm-hmm. that I just I saw I saw Munn's post about it the other day mm-hmm. is that Coach Barry is going to be suspended for the first couple of games. Isn't that weird? I mean, do you remember how atrocious that officiating was right. that night? I mean, I figured somebody would go back and watch the tape and be like, you know what, that was fully justified. Yeah, well, it's going to be weird. Um it's going to be even more weird if we, you know, we knock out a two and he gets credit for both of those. But, yeah, right. But, hey, um, you know, it is what it is. And getting back to, you know, if we want to reflect on last season real quick, it ended 
with a real sour taste in our mouth. We just played uncharacteristically. I mean, Matt Walner dropped a routine fly ball in center field. Yeah. I mean, just weird things happened. And um, and all credit to State for, I don't know, like running it out. But it, they didn't really do much to deserve it. There was a dying quail in between the right fielder and uh, second baseman, Gidry and Irby, I guess, out there. There was, um, there was that drop ball. There was questionable call at first base. I think there was even a guy that left early from third base or something. There's so many, like, questionable calls. But we came out of the losing end. And it, there were so many things. Just got, The weather was horrible. Oh, I God, mean, I forgot about that. We were out there Look, for hours before we even saw a pitch. Man, I, wasn't, I didn't even make it through the whole game because I got out there. I think I, I took off work. I think I got out there at around 9, 30, 10 in the morning. And am I just going crazy here? The, the game didn't start till. Like six o'clock at night or something. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was something, something ridiculous. We've like been that, out there yeah. for like twelve hours. Yeah, and the pitch hadn't been thrown. I've been done with my beer for like two of those hours. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, I mean, it was weird, but make no mistake about it. This year was a magical year. Uh, we have some pieces to replace this year, namely on the mound. I'm still very eager to see like what our rotation is going to look like um, for the remainder of the year. Not only this weekend, but. Um, and, and I really don't think anybody – I mean, maybe the coaching staff knows, but I don't think anybody really has – You usually you're like, okay, these are probably going to be the guys, but nobody really knows how it's going to shake, shape up with the pitching staff this year. No. Um, I, I mean, I've even heard, you know, it tossed around saying that, that maybe Nick Sandlin might even see some time uh, in, in, the, uh, in the rotation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he may be the Which starter I mean, on you know, it's, Friday it's, night. It's, it's not like he – didn't go for I, I don't remember a few times last year he went three to four innings, maybe even more than that in relief. So he can do it. That being said, you know, he's up for like the stopper of the year award. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so um I I'm sure you would like for um guys like JC Keys to step up. Yeah. Guys like Stevie Powers. Let's see what Walker Powell's got. I'm not even sure if he's fully I mean, I know he's he's back. Um, but until you see him out there on the mound, um you know, you. Just, I, I'm not gonna know what we get. I don't go out. To, no. I don't go out to the practices and stuff. And you never know if he gets those jitters right back again. But remember, his true freshman year, you know, he was legit. Absolutely. Um, and this guy's an intimidating guy. I mean, he's like six seven, six eight on the mound. Yeah. Um. So, you know, we have plenty of capable guys coming in, but make no mistake about it, they're replacing two of the best that we've ever had. Absolutely. We got a lot of bats coming back. That's the one thing to be excited about. If you're, oh well, yeah, we're absolutely going to rake. We're going to yeah. score a lot of runs. Yeah, uh, but we're going to have to score a lot of runs. We got some places where some speed was, you know, added to the lineup. Jalen Keys. I'm curious to see how it plays out with him. Um, Franklin from Jones Junior College. That's another guy. That's, yeah, those are the two that, like, if you walk them, it's a double. Right. Right. Yeah. So really excited about that. You guys come out if you have tickets. If you don't, good luck getting them. This weekend. Are you going? We'll see. I've got Friday tickets for me and my dad. I've got Sunday tickets for me and my wife. Saturday, the only thing I want to do is basketball. I guess UAB. Now, maybe, you know. Because I just can't do it all, man. I got a one-year-old. You're getting old. I am really old. And I'm falling apart. I'm 38 and I'm falling apart. Dude, when I came back from Vegas, it took me till at least, like, Tuesday or so. Like, today. Yeah. Till I get through it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm back now. Yeah, right. So. <laughs> well, let's talk some basketball. Okay. Jason's been scoping out the basketball scene. Southern Miss basketball, um, they split last week, had a tough loss Thursday night 
Uh, they had a win, big win on Saturday. By big win, I mean they just almost 20 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about the Southern Miss team last week. Okay, well, last week, yeah, well, that first game on Thursday, we played Old Dominion, who Old Dominion, I mean, you can make the argument they're the best team in the league. Okay, uh, you can make that argument with a few teams, but they're right up there at the top. Um, and we, we had them on the ropes the entire game. We ended up losing by five, 68 to 63, which actually ended a nine-game home winning streak this year, which is kind of remarkable if you think about it. I know we've played some lower-end teams, but still, when you get games at home, you got to win them. In the last few years, we haven't been doing it, so as much as we want to begrudge maybe parts of the coaching staff and whatever, it is what it is, and, yeah. and, and the guys are playing better, and we're scoring a lot of points. You know, we, we've mentioned all year long that we shouldn't have a hard time getting free chicken, right? Right, right. Well, we don't, you know, and, and this is another game where that happened. Um, but, yeah, we took the lead inside of the first minute of that game. We led it to half, 39-30, to 30, which is just incredible. Forty, You know, 40 points on maybe the best team in the league in just one half. Um, we led by as many as 11 points. That happened a few different times. Battled back and forth until the end and just came up a little bit short, really. We lost by five points to a very good ODU team. Um, which, by the way, Old Dominion's Twitter handle is horrible. It's O-D-U-M-B-B. Oh, dumb. Oh, dumb. <laughs> it's just bad. Yeah. It's almost as bad as Let's Go Pee. But anyway. Yeah, right. Um, Dr. Parker. You know Dr. Parker? Parker yeah, yeah, yeah. next to me. Because I wasn't at that game, right? That's when I came back from Vegas. I was driving back. I landed in Jackson at like 7 o'clock, um, so I got to listen to the game the entire way home. Um, but he told me that he thought Griffin just kind of ran out of gas in the last three minutes, which doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Anybody who's listened to the show knows that I always point out how many minutes these guys play, and he never comes out of the game. <laughs> um, but the big three, as I call them, Cortez Edwards, uh, Tyree Griffin, and Dominic McGee, uh, Edwards went for 39 minutes, 18 points, 8 rebounds. Griffin, 38 minutes, 12 points, 8 assists. McGee, only 27 minutes, but 13 points, 7 rebounds. Solid effort. And also a guy that, I'm just going to be honest here, um, sometimes looks a little lazy on the court, but when he wants to do it, he can look like an All-American. Tim Rowe. Tim Rowe with 23 minutes played, 10 points, 4 rebounds, and was 5 of 5 from the floor. So that means that he's working the ball down low, that he's getting a good spot, and you know he's been perfecting this little jump hook. I don't know if that's Spoon's doing or what, but the guy's coming around. So, um, you know, it's nice to see Tim Rowe stepping up, and you'll see in that he does it in the next game as well when he gets to those notes. But a couple of notes that I made: uh, Ladavius Drain, the phenomenal freshman, in a game that we could have had. Yeah, this guy he plays only four minutes, and again, I'm not at practice every day. But I do know that when he comes in, he's an offensive spark every time. And in the second half, we're having trouble scoring the ball. I just don't get it. Maybe he's that big of a liability defensively. I'm not positive. Maybe the matchup wasn't right. Like I said, I wasn't there. I was on the road. But it's, it's at least of note that he only played four minutes. And we only scored 24 points in the second half. So, you know, if you're going to beat the best teams in Conference USA, you have to play complete basketball for 40 minutes, and we didn't. So, well, the goal was the uh, – that, that was the ODU game. Yeah, that was a tough one. I was keeping up, and, you know, it seemed like that might be one they could pull out, one they could sneak in there and snag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and Old Dominion was uh, – what's the record? Old Dominion's 18-5, and 9-2. and two. Yeah. So they're a solid club. I mean, people Absolutely. might not recognize the name, but, I mean, the stats don't lie. Now, the second game, the Charlotte game, um, I was able to go to that game. Charlotte is not very good. <laughs> 
you know, for as good as Old Dominion is, Charlotte is just that bad. I think I even tweeted something out like, I don't know if Charlotte's high or just that lazy out there. Yeah. But they looked pathetic. Um, that being said, <laughs> we weren't doing anything special, and we were still winning for most of the game. We ended up pulling it out at the end, but um, Eddie Davis had a big game. We were talking about Tim Rowe a minute ago. Uh, our other big guy down low, if you want to say he's a big guy, the, as, as big of an inside presence as we have, Eddie Davis scored first five of our first seven points. And Eddie will, Eddie will sneak out there and hit the three-pointer every now and then. You know, um, he's got a spot right there at the top of the key, and he likes it. Um, Tyree Griffin looked as good as he could possibly look. When he plays like that, he's one of the best point guards in the nation. He has some passes that, like, remind me of – I don't know if you remember Sebastian Telfair. I do day. remember Sebastian Telfair. This guy has a little bit of that in him, a little, a little bit of pizzazz, and um, just sees the floor incredibly well. Um, so, it was kind of a close game for a little while. Then D'Angelo Richardson, the own, the lone senior that we have, the smallest guy on the floor every single game that we play, hit a humongous four-point play that sparked USM in the second half. The big threes, I like to call them, had decent games. I mean, Dominic McGee with 27 minutes, 12 points. Cortez, 33 minutes, 12 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, which is a great line. That's a double-double. And 10 of those points actually came in the first half. And then my man Tyree Griffin, who actually finally saw a little bit of a break. He only played 35 minutes, <laughs> which might be his lowest total of the year. Right, right. Um, eight points, eight assists, six rebounds, another solid effort. Um, the, but here's here's the key. The big three were a combined one of ten from three-point range, which doesn't happen. Yeah. But the good thing is, the last few years, that happens, we lose. That happened this time, and we won. We won by a lot. Um, so Eddie Davis and Tim Rowe combined seven, seven for eight from the floor for 18 points. So they kind of picked up the slack a little bit. My man, Ladavius Drain, who we just talked about only playing four minutes the week, the uh, game before, scored uh, nine points and two rebounds on three of five shooting from three-point range in just 14 uh, minutes played. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my notes on those games. And, and uh, it's definitely something to build on. And we could not have any two tougher games than we have this week. <laughs> but at least we got yeah. them both at home. We've only got one loss at home, so I'm sure whoever comes out to the game, I, I think you'll, I think you'll be glad that you did. Southern Miss is now 13 and 13 on the year, six and seven in Conference USA. Like we said earlier, this Thursday at 7 p.m., taking on Middle Tennessee State, Kermit Davis. It's, uh, you know, always one of the top programs in the league, and then on Saturday, uh, February the 17th, taking on UAB at 4 p.m. That's going to – I mean, UAB pretty much ran us off the court the last time we played. Yeah. So, that's one that they're going to – we're going to need all hands on deck for that one. So, when you finish up at the baseball game, walk over to Reed Green, check out the Golden Eagles as they take on the Blazers. A little bit of football news this week. It was announced that the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL have signed former Southern Miss offensive lineman, defensive lineman Will Freeman. Good for him, So, man. Will Freeman lands on his feet in the CFL – Hamilton Tiger Cats, if I'm not mistaken, black and gold as well. So wow. it should be a pretty easy, so he goes, seamless transition. So he goes Northwest Rankin, black yeah. and gold. Yeah, Southern Miss, black and gold. Now the Ham, the, the obvious next step is the Hamilton Tiger Cats. <laughs> he had a he had a unfortunate time with the Falcons, where he had to wear some red and had to don, mm. don their garb. At least it was but, a bird. It was a bird. That is fair. No one he's a Tiger Cat, so I don't know if that's like um, not a bird. Yeah. <laughs> it's a gong show. All right. Also, this has kind of been rumored. 
and I just wanted to talk about it for the sake of banter um, and something to be on the lookout for. So they are talking about Southern Miss versus Jackson State. That's going to be right now it's scheduled for Saturday, September the 1st. There's a possibility that game may be moved to Thursday night. The only reason I would think we would move a game would be for television reasons. And I kind of feel like, you know, I was thinking about the pros and cons of it. Obviously, the, the, the cons, Saturday games are best. You want to have a game on Saturday. That's going to be a, a, a – should be a sellout pretty much any day of the week you play that game on. Um, but at the same time, we are, we are in a dire position as far as money goes. So if you have a chance to make that revenue and also – a lot of fans will choose games, which, like if there's two games back-to-back, which I believe we play ULM the following week, they'll choose one of them to go to. So, you know, I think we'd have a good shot at selling tickets to that on a Thursday. And then the next week, maybe we would have a better shot at having a better crowd with it being on Saturday. Just thinking of the pros and cons. Obviously, I don't want it to leave Saturday. I want the game to be on a Saturday like normal. I don't know what kind of TV possibilities are out there, but... Um, if it generates some revenue, uh, we just we're kind of in a position where we just have to make it work. We have to take the money if we're given a chance to take money, right? You know, kind of like what Amy was talking about a little while ago. We need to generate more more revenue, right? Yeah. So, um, I was looking while you were going through that. I was fumbling through my phone looking for a tweet because you know the guys at tailgate next to us, John Adam Hackney and that old group. He tweeted something out. He was like, "Look, talking about that game on a Thursday." He said that would just give him an excuse to take off Thursday and Friday. <laughs> right, right. So maybe you can go into work like a half day that day. But um, yeah, and I know a lot of people. It's tough. It's tough if you live out of town. It's tough to get down. Yeah. Um, you know, but at the same time, Labor Day weekend is is always a tough. We saw with Kentucky this year. It's always a tough draw. You know, just because people make other plans. But I think I think Jackson State. You know, always brings a solid crowd and. And, and we get a lot of locals that come out just to, you know, for nothing else is to watch the band because usually the game is uh, a blowout. Yeah. Yeah, I'm – I guess we're on the same page with this thing. Like, I would much rather be on a Saturday. I would much rather have the entire uh, entire week to get ready and to, uh, to get our tailgate spot set up and figure all that out. But um, that being said um, – how much do these things usually pay? Like, say, like ESPN picks it up. I don't know. I'd have to Google it, and I don't feel like Googling it. A few right hundred now. thousand? You would think so. We just can't turn that down. Yeah. I, yeah, and I, I don't know an exact number. Well, but and like you mentioned just a minute ago, I mean, how many did we have for the Kentucky game? With perfect weather, by the way. It, was it wasn't like, even cold. I think they announced like 22,000 maybe? 24. I mean, it wasn't even hot. Yeah, no. It beginning. was, no, no. It was, was 22,000. Brutal. I mean, that, I, I mean... I guarantee you have at least that many for this Thursday game versus Jackson State. I dude, I think you still come close to it. I mean, Saturday's a definite sellout. I think Thursday is pretty doggone. Every close time to we've it. put them on the schedule, we've had that. Well, before we built the end zone, remember we used to put up extra seating. Yeah, just to accommodate it. Yeah, I hope it doesn't happen. I hope this is just a moot which, point, which, just for banter. But yeah, well, well, which might be the reason. That, that might be another reason why they're even thinking about putting it on. That would be you know a good visual. I mean, the, the TV station that they want them the network wants to have a game that they've televised to have a good crowd you know who the coach is for jackson state uh it's not comagy anymore Kumagi. tony hughes tony hughes the old secondary coach here for under fedora oh. it also played at southern miss by the way he's like hopson number two kind of mm, i won't go he that far here. he did coach here but he played here but i don't know I don't know that he necessarily left. You have a Tony Hughes impression. 
I do not have a Tony Hughes impression. <laughs> but, um, you know, just ban- fodder for banter. We'll shut it down, man. It's been a great time here at the 4th Street Bar. Special thanks to our guest this week, Ito Smith. Follow him on Twitter at Ito Smith, I-T-O-S-M-I-T-H. Uh, follow him before he gets verified because I have a feeling it's coming very soon. You can follow us on Twitter at To The Top Talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. You can follow Jason at Bumper J Bailey. And if you want to follow Fake J Hobson at Fake J Hobson on Facebook as well, To The Top Talk, Jamie Arrington Comedy. Next week, we're going to recap this week in Southern Miss Athletics. If you guys missed the past couple of weeks of episodes, go back and check those out. Last week, we had an amazing episode breaking down the signing day class with Glenn Dyer of GoldenEaglePride.com. So if you want to learn more about the signees, how they're going to fit into this uh, to, to Golden Eagle football, go back and listen to that episode. Also, the week before that, we had Corey Robertson talking about you know how he's going to prepare for the combine, talking about his time at Southern Miss. So two great episodes if you missed those. Go back and check those out. All right, Jason, you got any final thoughts tonight? I oh, man, just looking forward to uh, looking forward to this weekend. Can't believe it's finally here, um, and I'm kind of looking forward to, to, to seeing what's going to happen with that Eagle Club thing on um, Saturday morning. I know, you know, Slade and Kevin said they're going to be making some breakfast items too. So uh, I'm looking forward to some information and uh, some some early morning drinking. And for the folks that haven't been out here yet, I mean, it's a great black and gold atmosphere. I love. I always lo- loved coming here to the end zone, looking at the memorabilia on the wall. Still a lot of that here, and still, and there's some new memorabilia that they haven't had before. So, uh, come by here, check out the folks at the end zone. They got they got the eagle emblem emblazed in the booths. I mean, so when you go to sit down, you'll see that. So, you guys come out, support these guys, and come out Saturday to the Eagle Club meeting. It's gonna be a good time. All right, look for us. Look for To The Top Talk on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Sub- subscribe. Give us, give us a rating and a review. If you like the show, tell your friends. If you don't like the show, tell your friends. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, Southern Miss, To The Top. Talk. Talk.